check one, two. It's not on. It's not on? Oh, okay. Check one, two. Okay, now you can hear me. Sweet. Okay, so uh, good morning. We just, we, uh, me and Kelsey, we just came back from, from our vacation from the Okanagan Valley in BC. And it was wonderful. It, one of my favorite parts of the journey was uh, driving through the mountains. How many of you have been through BC? Oh, okay, so you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, from here to Calgary, it's not really that interesting. But from Calgary on, it's great. Um, and past Calgary, I just saw these massive figures uh, that I was approaching. And like, there's so many times I forgot I was even driving. I was just... Just looking at the mountains, and I, it just gripped me just how big they were and, and how massive they were. And uh, I just couldn't believe it. Uh, maybe it's because I'm not used to seeing mountains. Uh, but I felt so small and humble, and, and it just reminded me of just how much there is out there. We can see pictures of things, but it doesn't really uh, convey what it actually is like until you go there. And the bigness of the mountains made me think of God and, and just how massive he is. And how nothing compares to being in his presence. Uh, we might know a few things about him. We've heard people talk about him. But it's nothing in comparison to, to actually encountering him. So, so that was one thing that was just really impressed upon me as I was driving through the mountains. Uh, it, was, it was very cool. It was a very cool vacation. Uh, this morning I want to talk about faith. So if you have your Bibles, we can turn to John twenty twenty four to 29. So we're reading in the Gospel of John, and uh, Jesus has already risen from the grave, and he's already approached 11 of the 12 disciples, everybody except Thomas. And so let's read in verse 24. Now Thomas, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But But Thomas said, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were, And put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, You have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. God, I pray that uh, as we look at your word this morning, that uh, your Holy Spirit would would communicate to our hearts and and that we would hear what you have for us this morning. In your name, amen. One thing I like about the Bible, and especially the Gospels, is that it's about real people. Uh, When we see how Jesus interacted with his disciples, it wasn't the 12 perfect saints. It was the 12 disciples that struggle with things the rest of us struggle with. And uh, Thomas is no exception. As we look at Thomas, he's a man who needed proof. He needed certainty. And uh, I think a lot of us can relate to that. I definitely can. When I was in high school, I was very interested in people who could say that they could prove the existence of God. That just really enticed me because... uh, I just thought it would be great if somebody could just lay it out in front of me. And so I was really drawn toward things like creation science. And, and what creation science tries to do, it tries to find scientific proof for creation or uh, f- events in Genesis like the flood. 
And apparently they have found some pretty cool things. Uh, I don't really follow them too much anymore, but, but I imagine that these uh, Christian scientists, these are people who, who have a love for, for science and archaeology and a passion, something that God's given them. And they just love to discover God's world, see, seeing God's handiwork and his craftsmanship. And, and I, just, I think that's sweet. I think it's great when you can take something, your passion, and, and somehow use it for God or, or, or find pleasure in, in, what, in what God's gifted you in. I think that's great. Um, but I wasn't interested in it because I liked science or archaeology. I was interested in it because, like Thomas, I wanted a proof. I wanted certainty. And I thought if we could prove God, then everything would be easy. We wouldn't have to have faith anymore. Have you ever thought that? We wouldn't have to have faith. We could just, it'd just be right in front of us. It'd be so easy. But even if the creation scientists did come up with something bulletproof, something just that the whole scientific community would just have to say unanimously, yes, there is a God, even if that did take place, it wouldn't necessarily follow that everyone would then start to follow God and start to walk in faith. Because when you walk with God, you will often have to do things in faith. Faith isn't just a one-time occurrence. It's not just one thing you do uh, to become a believer. To be a believer is to believe on a daily basis. It's, and you will encounter regularly circumstances that require faith. And so if you're here this morning struggling like Thomas struggled with believing, wanting to find hard evidence, you can keep looking for it and you might find it because Thomas did. He did find it. Uh, but the real question is, if it was proven to you, would you then decide to start walking in faith? Because that's, that's the important question. 2 Corinthians 5.7 says we live by faith, not by sight. So there's two ways to live, by faith or by sight. And when we live by sight, we lean on our own understanding. And some people will call this a strength. They'll say that uh, they, they'll only react to what's in front of them and nothing else. And, this, and to them, this gives them a sort of advantage over other people because, because they, they're honest with what they see. They're honest with what comes at them. Uh, and so some people will say this is a strength, not a weakness. But the problem with our sight is that it doesn't see everything. So you see this guy. This is kind of like living by our sight. Uh, you might be able to see what's in front of you, but you don't see the whole picture. And, and that's kind of just what it means to be human. Yeah, we're, we're all limited. We're, we all see from a certain perspective, a certain bias, a certain uh, stance. We don't see everything. And so when we lean on our own understanding, we are leaning on an incomplete understanding. And when we live by sight, we are living by sight that's partially blind at best. Your eyes will only get you so far when it comes to spirituality. And thank goodness Thomas was able to see Jesus and to have it proven to him that, yes, he did rise from the grave. But at some point, Thomas has got to stop relying on his eyes and has to start walking in faith. And that goes for the rest of us, too. At some point, all of us have to make that transition. At some point, we have to start walking by faith. At some point, we need to do what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. And when I've, when I've read this verse, I've, I've always noticed the, the first line, but what really stuck out to me this week, it says, he will make your path straight. It's kind of assuming that it wasn't straight before. So before you're going left and right, but once you start submitting yourself to God, your path will be different. 
somehow. They'll be straight. And so if Thomas is going to walk the road ahead of him with success, he has to got to, he's got to walk in faith. He's got to have faith. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. By faith we understand that. We, we might be able to have, see some proofs, but, but we already know by faith, we already understand by faith that God is the architect of this whole thing. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it's not just, it's hard, or it's harder to please God. It's impossible to please God. This kind of suggests that it's, it's very important. It's, it's something that's fundamental to the way that we are, the, the kind of life that we live. Without faith, it's impossible to believe God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he is as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand in the seashore. And as you read that, it's by faith, by faith, over and over again. By faith, this happened. What would have happened if they didn't have faith? It's kind of an impossible question to ask because they did. That's what happened. But, but what, what if they didn't? Their lives would have turned out a bit differently. They had faith even when they couldn't see. They had faith even though they didn't know where they were going. And this was not just a one-time act, it was a life. So, so when we read about these guys, it's, this wasn't the beginning of their journey. This was right in the middle of it. This was right in the middle of their life. They had faith. My favorite image of faith is Abraham leaving his home and walking who knows where. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like you don't know where you're going? Um, you don't know what's going on in your life. But, but God does. Abraham asked God, where is it that I'm supposed to go? And God said, just start walking. To me, that's the perfect picture of faith. Faith is not wishful thinking. It's walking. It's not just standing in one spot and wishing that things would be different. It's, it's action. It's walking. When I was at, done at Briarcrest, I remember going to the bookstore. And uh, this only happens at Briarcrest. I was talking to the cashier, and then we started having this, like, this is a really good conversation. Um, and she's like, okay, so what, what are your plans? Uh, everybody's graduated. What, what do you plan on doing now? And I said, I, I have no idea. 
and it's kind of scary. And she said, remember, well, remember Abraham. He had no idea where he was going either. But God did, and thank goodness Abraham had faith enough to keep walking and to keep trusting. So <clears throat> when we look at Abraham, we're looking at a life that's already been lived. But all of us, our lives are not done. We're, we're in the middle of it. Let's emulate Abraham. Let's, let's have faith, even when we don't know what's going on, even though we don't see the full picture because we're human. God does see the whole picture, so keep having faith. Keep trusting in God, and he'll make your path straight. As Proverbs says, keep submitting to him, be obedient to him, and your path will be different as a result. So what are our actions based on? Faith or what we can see with our own eyes? And I think this is what really distinguishes people who are believers and unbelievers. Just think about that phrase, believers. Who are believers? They are people who believe. They're people who have faith on a daily basis. This is what separates people who believe are people who please God, people who, who can't believe, people who need proof in order to take a step forward. It's impossible to please God that way. So are we going to emulate Abraham or are we going to be like Thomas? When I first, thinking about, first started thinking about marrying my wife, I did what probably everybody does. I tried to calculate the decision. I tried to figure out everything about it um, and you know, list the pros and cons and figure out if it was a good idea or not. And uh, I, I wanted to try to understand her completely because I wanted to feel in control of the situation. Uh, but I didn't know what I was getting myself into, and nobody does when they get engaged. They don't know the long process of planning a wedding. That's <laughs> Nobody sees that coming, right? Everybody thinks, oh, it's going to be a great day. And then you got to start planning it. It's like, oh, man, that is overwhelming. More, for, more so for the bride than the groom, though. But, uh, but anyways, I... I tried so hard to calculate the decision of whether to get married or not. Or, but at the end of the day, it was just a step into the unknown. There's no way that me and Kelsey could have proven to each other what the future would look like. We just had to have faith in each other. And we just had to have faith that this is what God wanted us to do. And there's a lot of things like life, or a lot of things like that in life. You can't wait until everything's proven to you. You have to just take a step of faith. You can't calculate it. You just got to take that step of faith. And so some of you already know what kind of steps you need to take. You already know what God's asking you to do. And, and all that's left is for you to just do it. All that's left is for you to take that step. But some of you might be asking, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. How do I figure that out? Well, there are two things that you can do to figure out what God wants you to do. First thing is to read his word. His word, it's, it's the inspired word of God. And there's, there's so much direction in, that, in this book. I remember uh, Larry Van Beek, one time he spoke here, and I never forgot this phrase. He said, uh, the will of God, 95% of it is already in the Bible. So, so read the Bible. There's so much direction in it. Uh, if you want something specific, if you want a place to start, just start with the Gospels and pay attention to how Jesus lived his life. And, look, and then look at your own and then ask, how can I make my life resemble more, uh, look more like how Jesus lived his life? That's a good place to start. 
But the second thing to do, sometimes you need something specific. Sometimes you need specific direction. That's the 5% uh, that isn't in the Bible. You need specific direction uh, from God. And what you do then is pray. And praying is not just, it's not just a, a monologue. It's a dialogue. It's, a, it's communication. It's two, way. two ways. So there's both speaking and listening. Spend time doing both. Uh, when I usually start to pray, there's usually just so much noise going on inside of me. I'm thinking about maybe what I have to do that day or, or a problem that's come up or whatever. And it usually takes some time for me to just quiet down a bit and, and to just turn down the volume on all that stuff because sometimes it's just so much louder than God's whisper. And God's always talking to us. He's always talking to us, but so many times we're too busy to listen. Uh, or maybe we're too busy talking to him and not listening. Um, but it's very important to just quiet yourself down and just be still before God and listen. And so then you might ask, okay, so how do I know when God's speaking to me? Well, again, there's two things. Uh, first thing, it will always line up with God's word all the time. So that, that's another reason why to get, be familiar with the word of God. And, and secondly, the more time you spend with somebody, the more familiar their voice becomes. So just spend time with God. Spend a lot of time with God, and you'll, you'll be able to pick out his voice pretty quickly after a while as you mature in your walk with faith, in faith. So uh, worship team, you can come up. Or James, you can come up. <laughs> and, and three other guys or people. <clears throat> So, so again, I want to ask the question, what are our actions based on? Are they based on faith or are they based on sight, on what we, on what we can see? Are we going to be like Abraham or are we going to be like Thomas? I pray that all of us will start to, to just walk in faith. And, and we wouldn't just see it as something that we did once and now we're, now we're in, now we're Christians. But something that it's, it's daily. We always walk in faith. We would exercise faith. Exercise is such a good word. It, when you think of exercising, that's, it's routine. It's, you do it often. It's something that, that you build in strength as well. So exercise faith this week. God, I pray that, that we would learn to trust in you. No matter what's going on in our lives, no matter how strange things seem to be no matter how how things are going I pray that we would have faith in you when we think about Abraham he had no idea where he was going he had no idea what he was doing but he knew that he was trusting you and you credited that as righteousness I pray that we would be righteous by having faith in you pray that we believe in the impossible because time and time again in the Bible you did the impossible and you still do so I pray that we would have faith in that and I pray that we wouldn't stop our whole journey with you because we need proof I pray that despite what our eyes see we would just keep walking with you Amen
God, I pray uh, as, as we go from this place that you would be with us and uh, that we would walk with you this week. And that you'd be with us and that uh, if anybody's going on vacation, that you would be with them as well and give them a safe, safe traveling wherever they're going. And this during this uh, long weekend as well, pray that you would uh, bless those who are traveling this morning or this weekend. Your name, amen. So, if you would like prayer, you can. You feel free to come forward. Um, if you feel that you just need some time to just spend with God and and to just be silent before Him, these are, the altars open as well. So, uh, feel free to do that. Anyways, thanks for coming. We'll see you next week. Jesus. Let your kingdom come here, let your will be done here. In